I'm Lisa Popchak, and you're listening to Momfidence, for moms at every age and every stage. Being a mom is wondrous and delightful, but also at times exhausting and overwhelming and confusing and frustrating. Momfidence is a place for moms to come for encouragement, comfort, some new tools, and the confidence boost you need to be the mom you want to be. Hello, lovely mamas. It's great to be back with you again, and welcome if you're new here. Today, I want to talk about Monfidence Principle number five, which is I make faith the source of the warmth in our home. You know, I think we would all enjoy a warm, loving home life. And we might even yearn for it more than the average person if we didn't grow up in a warm and loving home. A warm and loving home can give all the family members a sense of security, as well as a sense of rightness about who we are. It it helps us to feel good inside, safe inside, and it really can be very beneficial to the mental health of all the family members. Did you know that researchers find that people for whom faith is the root of the warmth in their home are less likely to leave their childhood faith in adulthood if they've experienced a warm and loving home rooted in faith as children? And if those children grow up and leave the faith for a time, they're going to be more likely to be drawn back to the faith, especially once they're raising children themselves, because they begin to yearn for those traditions, those happy memories that they had, again, that sense of warmth and belonging. So it actually can draw people back to their faith when all that warmth and all that love is rooted in a faith life. And we all actually deserve a warm and loving home. This is not for the privileged few. And we don't deserve it on our own merit, of course, because we don't deserve much of anything, do we? But because we are children of God, made in his image and likeness, he shares his divine dignity with us. And dwelling in a place that lovingly upholds that dignity is what we all intuitively long for because we're sons and daughters of God. For us as moms, especially, daughters of God. If we had a chance to live in the same household as Jesus, wouldn't we want to have him feel honored and comfortable, safe and cozy, listened to, appreciated, and most especially loved, we would want to give him the honor of upholding his dignity as God's son. And we would want to show him how much we love him. Well, that's the kind of home we should want for our families as well, because we honor our status as God's children when we do. And we help each other to live into that dignity. Sounds right. Sounds beautiful. And we all deserve 
to live into that dignity. It will make our lives, our mental health, our spiritual well-being all better. But what does a warm, loving home actually look like? You know, we're all bombarded with images of what our homes could look like. There are decorating shows, every social media platform for sure, magazines, and stores dedicated to home decor, and they all give us a zillion ways to make our homes more beautiful. Sometimes all that content coming at us can actually make us feel like we'll never have it together enough to have that pretty, perfect home that we see all around us and all the media that hits us, every commercial, everything that's out there. You know what? The good news is that creating a warm, loving home isn't about beautiful decor. It's about attention to the relationships in the family. Too often we put off building relationships with our family members until the house is clean, the housework is finished, the semester is over, the crisis has passed, the emails are answered, and on and on and on. Of course, it never all resolves itself. The world never stops spinning to allow us to focus solely on our family life. I wish it's paused long enough for us to just have that peace and that time, but it just never seems to do it. Even during the pandemic, when some of us had a little bit more time with our families, not all of us did. Many of us worked harder. Many of us were more separated from even our children if we were especially in, in the medical profession. And some of us were so busy trying to do school at home and learn how to do virtual office work and all of those things that it was even then when the whole world seemed to stop a little chaotic at times, sometimes for many of us, very chaotic. But when we think about it, even when the world doesn't stop, even when there are all those things going on, even when we feel like we have to get one more thing done, we realize that this has been around for a very long time. That tension between building relationship with our family members, those we love, and the to-do list, the pressures of all the perfection. You know, we see this dynamic played out in the very famous scripture of Mary and Martha. Jesus is visiting the home of these two sisters. Martha does what most of us would do. She gets to work to provide a clean space, a wonderful meal, and all the things that one would do when having an honored guest visit their home. Mary just plops herself down at Jesus' feet and visits with him. Now, this leaves Martha feeling like she's been stuck with all the work, and she gets cranky, as many of us would. And she goes to Jesus, and she tells him, to tell Mary to get up and help her. But Jesus says, 
Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There's only one thing, and Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. Aren't we as moms anxious and worried about many things, especially these days? But creating a warm and loving home can actually do wonders to reduce our anxiety and worry and that of our children. But as this scene shows, it's not about the constant busyness of creating and maintaining that space. It's about creating moments of connection with our family. Think about the scene again. Mary just sits at the fl- on the floor at Jesus' feet. She's not ca- caught up with formality or making good impressions. She's caught up in him in connecting with Jesus in the moment. It's moments of connection that our children's hearts long for. And it's moments of connection when we get past the tyranny of the to-do lists that our hearts long for as well. When we haven't had those moments of connection, we get burned out and think, why am I doing all this? Is it even all worth it? It's when we have moments of connection that all of it miraculously becomes worth it. Gives us that feeling of rightness and joy in our hearts. We see the holy significance of this when we think of what we read about about Jesus' mother Mary in the Bible and in images that art has given us of her. We never see how she decorated her home. We have no descriptions of how hard she worked to keep her house clean or how beautifully she plated a meal. What we do have are stories and images of how present she was to her son, including standing by him through his entire passion and death. In these stories... She didn't necessarily do anything. Certainly, she didn't do anything that she could go back and check off a to-do list. But she was fully present. This kind of maternal presence is what every child longs for. When they have a bad dream, they call for mom. We don't have to do anything. We just have to be there. When they feel excited about an accomplishment, we hear, Hey, Mom, look what I can do! When they're struggling, they want their mom's help and comfort. It is mom's presence that they yearn for. And you know what? In those moments, they don't care if you haven't vacuumed or what you look like. They aren't noticing if you have your makeup on or if you're dressed in some awesome outfit or if you're looking your worst because you just woke up, or you're in the middle of scrubbing the bathroom, all your child cares about is that you are present and they feel safe and loved by you because your love and attention and presence affirms their dignity in Christ. It assures them that they are someone worth being present to. 
Because we are God's children, we long to connect with the feeling, the knowledge, the experience of God in the midst of all the brokenness and difficulty in this world. We get glimpses of our connection to God through our moments of heart-to-heart connection with others. As mothers, we're called to fill our children up with these moments and through them give our children a sense of the depth of God's love for them. These moments give them a sense of how they deserve to be treated as a child of God and how they should treat others as children of God as well. How do we get these moments? Moments of connection do not have to be contrived, beautifully detailed, or Instagrammable. In fact, if we post every special moment we have with our kids, we risk making them feel objectified and that likes and subscribers are more important than our relationship with them. Now, if social media is part of how you provide for your family, it's important to set clearly stated boundaries. For instance, saying something like, I need a half an hour to take pictures. After that, the equipment goes away and I'm all yours. That's a very good way to set boundaries for yourself while managing your family's expectations of dinners out or events or whatever it is that you need to post. Yet, some moms have fallen into this pattern way before social media. You know, we might put all of our energy into the perfectly presented Christmas or Christmas activity or holiday activity. We might put all of our hopes for catching up with our family or for the kids to finally get along into that one week of vacation we desperately need. We might only let ourselves have fun with our kids when we get to that mega theme park even if all those things go perfectly. They're too few and far between to fix any relationship deficits that exist from not having consistently worked on having a close relationship. Of course, those big moments that I just talked about rarely go perfectly. And if we have all our energy, hopes, and money focused on them, then anything that does go wrong can feel almost catastrophic. Now to be clear, no mom does this kind of thing intentionally. It's just how life seems to work for various reasons. But we can do something to break the cycle by building warm, nurturing moments into our ordinary daily lives. We begin by intentionally looking for opportunities to connect during the day. Little things like making packed lunches together in the evening, folding laundry together, or turning off the music and taking out the earpods when driving somewhere can allow us to just share time and catch up with each other. You know, when my oldest daughter was in her last year or two of high school, we got into the pattern of having a cup of tea every morning and actually 
getting ready in the same space together because it bought us a little time to just hang out and chat and get ready for the day and talk about anything that might be coming our way. And it made us feel a whole lot closer. My point in sharing that is we just need to look for any opportunity and then tweak it to work for us as moments of connection in our family life. The next step is to actively schedule moments of connection each day and each week. Let's start with the daily. Many of us feel like there isn't a second to really connect with our children during the day. And there's no denying that with all that's expected from families now, it can truly be a challenge. I know from the high school schedules that I see around our family life, sometimes teenagers aren't even getting back from rehearsals and practices till 11 o'clock at night. Then they have to finish their homework, go to bed, and be back on a school bus by 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. So it can be difficult to just fit in those moments of connection. Yet, when we know how much our children and even we can benefit from real heart-to-heart connection, we see how important it is to schedule time onto our family calendar. So get the family together once a week, you know, perhaps Saturday morning over breakfast, and look at the coming week's schedule. Discuss where you can fit in connection time. For instance, there are lots of games that only take about 15 minutes to play. Can you fit in that 15 minutes to actually have fun together? Maybe right after dinner? Or even first thing in the morning to start the day in a happy way? Or right before bed? It's your unique family. Be creative. Do what works for you, but prioritize putting that on the calendar. Other ideas can include things like reading a chapter of a book together. This often works really, really well right before bedtime where everybody needs to gear down. And that works with big, long chapter books for older kids as well. Taking a walk together, working on any project together. What would give you space to create connection. The task honestly doesn't matter. The time to connect does. And you're putting this down on a schedule knowing that that's the intention. It's not, well, when can we fit in doing yard work together? It's, when can we fit in time to connect and how do we want to do it as a family on Monday night, Tuesday night, twice a week, Whatever works for your unique family and circumstances, but you're committing yourself to fitting it in on your calendar several times a week. Now, one small note here. Please don't think that I'm saying that an orderly home or creating a beautiful atmosphere is antithetical to creating connection with our family. Those things, the little Thoughtful details can actually really help our family members feel special and loved when they're done to enhance our sense of well-being and our focus on each other. 
We just have to remember to put our relationship before the staging of it all. When we do, we're actually inviting God to help us remember how much he loves us through the love we show one another. So this week, when you're feeling completely rattled and overwhelmed, take a pause and think, where can I create connection as a family? Even with one person at a time. And it doesn't have to be a secret. You can actually say to your family members, I miss the connection we have as a family. You're important to me. I want you to know how much I love you. And I want to create a better sense of warmth and connection and love in our home. And so I want to know how we can do that together. Let's talk about it and make a plan together. And you know what? It's also perfectly great. In fact, it's highly encouraged that when you get together, you ask God together, Lord, we want a more warm and loving home. We're not sure how to fit it in or what to do. Lead us and guide us while we have this conversation and help us to love each other the way you love us and help us to uphold each other's dignity as your sons and daughters. If you do, I bet things will start to change little by little. And no matter where you are, whether you feel like everything's spinning out of control or you feel like I've got a pretty great family to begin with, you'll have a more loving, connected, warm family. God bless you as you try. And if you have any questions about how to do this, you can always follow us on Facebook and Instagram and ask those questions there. We're always here for you. Take care. Thanks for joining me today for this Monfidence Moment. If you want more encouragement, come on over to Monfidence.org for the blog and other confidence-boosting resources.